0: Welcome back to Trot's Life. We continue our Australian Pacing Gold special episodes and Neil Wardle joins us. Neil, firstly, mate, how are you and whereabouts are you today? I'm
1: um, very well, thanks. Um, in uh, Penrith, Penrith, New South Wales, today.
0: Oh, you're not from Penrith, though, eh? I thought you were in Forbes. I've got written down here, Forbes. Where do I produce Forbes from?
1: Now Forbes, I think, is where Monique Burnett, where the horses are being prepared at, has been located. Yeah, okay, that might be
0: where I got that from. Now, are you the same Neil Wardle if I said a horse called Torpedo,
1: Yeah, that would be correct, yeah.
0: You were only young then, weren't you, when you got him?
1: Yeah, probably when he won his Grand Circuit race, I was around 22, yeah, so I'm quite young, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that was the Tasmanian Championship, I reckon, from memory. And then the journey he took you on in harness racing, that must have been awesome for three or four years there as a young bloke.
1: Yeah, it was really good. Um, obviously, culminating in the Inter-Dominion final in New Zealand was, was really good. I was able to meet uh, the Purdons over there and stay with them for about a month and also uh, Tim Butt. Yeah. And, yeah, that was a pretty special time, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that was, we did well over there. It was Baltic Eagle won it, Mont Denver ran second, and we had a really good uh, showing as far as Australians went for a Kiwi Inter-Dominion series. I probably can't remember a pacing final over there where we were so well represented, and yeah, that must have been just such a thrill to be a part of.
1: Yeah, it was. um, You know, very big thrill, very young, um, and also... Uh, Anthony Butt drove him as well in the finals. That was also, um, yeah. you know, to get a, a, a great driver, of a, a driver of his calibre was, was very good. Um, but, yeah, had a great time and, and met a lot of people. Uh, and, and, yeah, it was a lot um, probably for a horse that was young coming up through the ranks. It was a bit easier then over there because they raced the series a little bit differently. Um, and it also helped that young Rufus, the favourite, scratched on the eve of the first round of heats uh, for the for the series. You know that helped a uh, uh, you know a uh, sort of an outsider try and sneak into the final, which is what we were, we were able to do.
0: Geez, you would have been stealing with your eyes, wouldn't you, when you were at Purden's place, <laughs> looking at everything he did and trying to work out, uh, you know, get every edge you can going forward.
1: Yeah, well, we 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 stopped over in Auckland um, before heading down to Christchurch where the series took place, uh, and, yeah. and and stayed at Barry Purden's place. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a you know a a really good establishment, professionally run, yeah. um, quality horses there. And then uh, the month in, throughout the Intermediate Series was spent at Tim Butts Place. And that yeah, was, okay. yeah, again, another eye-opener. Um, you know, we, well, I sort of did things a little bit differently to them. Um, but, you know, they had Take a Moment in the Trotters Series and he won that. So uh, it was pretty special. Um, I think before the final, we had a photo of the two horses next to each other. So it was pretty special to take home a little bit of history as well with Take a Moment winning the Trotter Series. And you know, Tim Butney's team did a terrific job uh, helping me out, and, and also uh, with Take a Moment on that particular night.
0: Yeah, just correct me if I'm wrong, i got a memory of Torpedo wasn't that big, and Take a Moment was. Did they? Is that right? Is so? Was he just a little dwarf next to Take a Moment?
1: No, take a moment wasn't that big. No, he, he was. Hey, okay. he was. It was. It was a cult. He was actually uh, Fake Left's first Grand Circuit winner. Strangely enough, even though he's produced <laughs> many top horses, um, yeah,
0: that is along
1: the way. Blacks are fake. Uh, Be good, Johnny, just to name a few. Safari um, and torpedo ended up being uh, Fake Left's first ever Grand Circuit winner. So no, but he was a stallion. Uh, he was quite a, a reasonable sized horse, and take a moment was only reasonably sized as well. They were both pretty similar in height but um yeah i mean he was a really good trotter. to take a moment and then as i said tim tim and anthony did a really good job with him
0: yeah he certainly was and he wasn't even their best trotter in that era either which is staggering to think isn't it but uh we digress now you've got four in the sales in victoria at uh, the melbourne sales so uh the 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 one that's most intriguing I suppose is lot 104 by Bold Eagle out of Yankee Stella.
1: Yeah, he's an intriguing um intriguing horse. He, he's obviously going to create a lot of interest being a son of Bold Eagle. Um hmm. and out of a mare who's had two to the races for two winners and and obviously uh this is her 4th f- file so she's only just sort of kicking off her her breeding career, but she's a she's out of a um, she's a Muscles Yankee mare, which is a a very common well, it's a common cross out of the 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 seven foals that were bred in two thousand and twenty two, six of them were either out of Muscles Yankee or they were out of a stallion of muscles Yankee, so yeah, okay. hence the reason why there is um bold eagle's best son at, obviously the cross there, people know it works, and people are happy to stick with it. What,
0: what was the trigger to get into the breeding of, you know, and going to Sassdalian like Bold Eagle and getting Yankee Stella, et cetera, and, and these others? Obviously a change. I
1: Well, it just happened to be um, in place that I was racing a mare um, called our Red Sky Knight, uh, yeah. and then um, ended up sending her to Melbourne to race. Then she sort of just ran out of options in terms of a racetrack sort of um, ability-wise and, and couldn't really be placed and, and wasn't really earning enough money to sort of keep her going. So um, the owner and I, Malcolm Sinclair, decided to breed from her and that's really where it all started. We went to Art Major with her. She was a better delight, Mare. And then we went to Sweet Lou with her and that produced Sky Blue, who's run a couple of placings in Group 1 races and has done a, a really good job.
0: Um, yeah. And then,
1: yeah, things have just sort of taken off from there. I never really envisaged to get much into the breeding side of things but when you buy one you buy two and then and then yeah. three and four and then you think well why not let's take 10 to the sales one year and yeah this is sort of where you are you know
0: yeah, and and this yankee stellar family's interesting because it's been some good horses majestic sj valley sj etc that and, and Revy J that have raced deep into their careers, if that makes sense. have been good probably from two right through to open-age horses, and to inject a bit of bold eagle blood into that family is, you know, it's a pretty exciting prospect.
1: Yeah, it is. Look, yeah, there's, you know, with this particular bloke, there's a few exciting prospects. Yeah, the the family, no doubt, um, oh, Yankee Christ. Stella's hmm. mother, Steffi J, won 14 race, uh, 12 races herself. Um, and then when you add up her progeny, so... Um, Yankee Stella's brothers and sisters. There's 79 race wins con- between them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A- a- And that's also including um, Yankee Stella's two horses to race. My mate Yankee and also Deprez. Um, so there's 79 wins between them, and over six hundred thousand in stakes earned. So if yeah. you, you know, you look at it from that point of view, and there's obviously a couple of Group Three races in amongst there um, with Valley SJ and and. Um, majestic SJ, so yeah, it becomes an exciting prospect, and then you throw in the fact that there's um, 15 trotters in the Melbourne sale, there's one in the Sydney sale, and one in the Queensland sale, so there's 17 trotters that will be competing for $100,000 for the APG trotters race. Yeah, it becomes... You know, quite an, an interesting prospect, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, well, uh, your chances there, if you get up and trotting and trotting well early, are pretty strong when you're 1 in 17, that is for sure. Now, you've got three paces as well. What 153, capped midnight Jets girl, which is a very strong family. She's, she's the mother of. Uh, a very curious horse, Ed Struve, who was good when he was good and bad when he was bad, but boy, he was good when he was good. And, and Tay-Tay, who's probably the opposite. She's just been the consummate professional, hasn't she? What a great little filly. She's been 247,000. She's won across her two, three, and four-year-old seasons.
1: Yeah, she's done a great job um, for for Alex Ashwood. He's, he's really placed her well. She's come to Sydney a few mm. times and been able to utilize her gate speed and and that's really been the making of her where you know, each preparation she's probably gone out for a break and he's been able to get her a little bit tougher and and she's been able to sustain that real high speed that she's got um, for a little bit longer each preparation and ultimately she's got her times down to to a a pretty slick 150.3 at Menangle and and along the way was able to win a Group 2 race there as well so um, yes, she's obviously the highlight of the family and as you say, Struve was was devastating on his day and then he could really put in a shocking performance as well which was um you yeah. know expected of him at times as well so it was you know a little bit of rocks and diamonds sort of but he, he definitely possessed speed didn't he and definitely possessed ability
0: um oh yeah it was
1: just one of those things with him wasn't it at times he would deliver it and at other times he wouldn't it was like
0: he had a a palate issue or something i never got to the bottom of it but yeah you know what i mean like uh anyway uh the family's very deep, too. It doesn't go past the second dam on the breeding page. Faith prevails. Who, She had 10 foals, 10 winners, which you can't ask much more of.
1: No, well, actually, no. She, yeah, it, it is a very deep family. Um, mm. and, and strangely enough, uh, this particular lot, lot 153, is a filly as well. And and, and it looks to be a filly's family, with Tay-Tay being the standout out of Jet's Girl and Ah, uh, famous short, also yeah. a filly out of uh, Faith Prevails. So the two fillies are are the best two horses out of um, the first and second dams. So that's you know pretty impressive for this particular filly, and and also being out of a Jeremy's Jet mare. There was recently a a mare called uh, the Arch Nemesis, who's got three sub one fifty performers in in um, in in her career in her breeding career, and that's uh, she's a Jeremy's Jet mare, and and that's ongoing to, with those particular stallions going to Captain Treacherous, and obviously Cap Midnight is a son of Captain Treacherous. So out of the yeah, Jeremy's okay. Jet mare, uh, the Captain Treacherous cross has worked really well. So there's two you know, sub-150 performers out of that mare, the arch nemesis, and and you know, hopefully this particular stallion, Cap Midnight, can do a nice job as well. He was an expensive yearling purchase, very fast horse himself, Posted a a, a one forty eight ticks himself, so he had ability on the racetrack. Yep. Hopefully, on the in the breeding barn, he can do a bit of a job as well. This is, you know, he's first sort of progeny that are going to be looked at at the sale ring. So it'll be interesting to see how they go there.
0: Yeah, well, you've done well there. Eh, you answered my next question. So we'll move on one ninety one by Sweet Lou out of Peace of My Heart, who is a mare who raced for six wins, Peace of My Heart, and she's. Uh, the mother of a horse that's owned by Kevin and Noah, or was at least named by them at least, uh, Navicalan Eagle.
1: Yeah, she's, she's again, just a young mare that, that this is just her first, fourth bowl. Um She was a, a 2011 mare. I actually raced her myself. She was quite a gritty mare, quite a tough mare, um, never really... Never really gave up and, and, and really always put in and gave you 110 percent on the racetrack. She's a she's an art major mare in there, sort of sort of mares. And this particular cross, um, going to Sweet Louis the same cross as Saint Louis Blues, which is a you know a 1. 1.3 million dollar performer and a Group One winner. And he's paced a 148 and two. So the cross the cross does work. Um, she's a lovely long filly this particular filly Um, plenty of power behind and real powerful hindquarters Um, I expect her on the day to really look and present um, in really good order they're all at Monique Burnett's place and she does a really good job with them but this particular filly uh, was sort of one that's always been really tracking in the right direction all the way she's nice type to look at and very nice to do anything with so Expecting her to get a, a few lookers on the day being by Sweet Blue, he's a bit of a boom sire at the moment. He's only going upwards in, in price and his progeny continues to, to win every week. You seem to pick up the, yeah. the result page and Sweet Blue's winning multiple, multiple races. He's really doing a job of a, as a, as a sire and, and Woodland should be really proud of themselves there through getting his contact and they're, they're doing a really good job promoting him and, and he's... He's definitely going to go up again in price next year, that's for sure. He stands for $20,000 in, in America this year, um, <laughs> which is a max for him. So he's a stallion that's definitely going to keep rising. And his fillies seem to be doing a really good job as well, even though St. Louis Blue's not a filly. Uh, he's progeny. Fillies-wise are doing a really good job. So, look, I expect this particular filly to, to create a bit of interest, given the fact that she'll catch your eye. As she walks on by.
0: So the the the, the piece of my heart, the mare that you raced, you got her back. She she had a couple of foals for Alabar?
1: She yeah, she raced for me, then went and raced um, for connections for the Noel Shin stable, and yeah, then I think okay. Alabar purchased her off Noel Shin, and yep. then I purchased her off off Alibar. I've purchased a few horses off Alibar in my time, and yeah, she was one of them
0: now the next the next one lot 12 uh 212 a cult by art major at a dulesu who i think i've pronounced that right uh this this story would go some way back i reckon uh loriston bloodstock there was a few people went over to america and bought some mares out of uh, some sales in america and the job they've done in australia since is amazing and she was one of them and produced uh, follow the stars of course who was an ion champion he was australian two-year-old horse of the year steph's best first responder of recent so it's not just it's a deep family and it's a recent family and to have an art major colt at the sales out of this family is something pretty special mate
1: yeah look obviously he's he's the standout boy and and um yeah he's going to create a lot of attention on the day no doubt he's yeah, as you say, Smyrna DeRusso is um, a two-time Group winning producer of, of two-year-olds. Uh, she's got two Group One winning two-year-olds, and no other horse in the sale in the in the APG Melbourne Sale has two uh, Group One winning two-year-olds. So, yeah, look, if you want you know two-year-old form, if you want to be a part of the APG two-year-old final, this is probably your ticket. He he ticks all the boxes. up. majors just, just come off um, being crowned the leading two-year-old sire in Australia and in New Zealand. And as we just said, Smyrna Durasu has got Follow the Stars who won the APG at the age of two and First Responder who won the Neutraline Classic at the age of two. Both group one, both sales races, both group one classics. And she's also got their steps best to run, run second in an APG gold <laughs> yeah, final yeah, as well. Yeah. So you're talking, you're talking horses that hit the ground running at the age of two can line you up for the $150,000 Colts and Goldings final. Yeah, if you want to be a part of that final and nearly and guarantee yourself a spot there, this is the bloke that you've got to come and look at most definitely.
0: And potentially, mate, like if he measures up, well, Follow the Stars is a stallion. I'm sure he is. And, you know, th- this is a potential stallion, really.
1: Well, it is, yeah. He's a potential stallion uh, after he does... Finish his racing career, no doubt. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, along this line as well, out of a Cam's card truck, mayor, you've got Testa Faith, who's an American Horse of the Year, who won $2.4 million. And as you say, Follow the Stars has done a reasonable to good job at stud. He's he's the sire of 331 horses. He's got 184 yeah. live foals for 135 of them winners. And he's averaging just over $27,500 per starter. So for a yeah you know, quite a a stallion that's on the lower end of the market, he's doing quite a respectable job
0: most definitely. Yeah, well, you know people say I'm getting a bit ahead of myself, say he's a potential stallion, but if he happen to win an APG final you are uh, th- the world opens up big time for a horse bred like he is Art Major Spooner Derasu, I, I still don't know how to say it, but it doesn't really matter, it's uh, it'll be the naming of this one that will matter uh, Neil, and on behalf of yourself and Michelle uh, it's pretty exciting sales for the Australian Pacing Gold and I suppose you just can't wait to get down here and, and get it done and and see how they go,
1: yeah. Look, can't wait. It's it's you know, this has been a little bit of a, a longish process. I mean, you know, the mayors are in file for 11 months, and then to get them to this stage, you're, you're looking at about another 16 months as well. So, you yeah. know, you're, you're all up at about sort of 27, 28 months, and now to be only a couple of weeks away is yeah, very exciting. And it's look, it's good for APG to be back as well. They're, they they yeah. didn't ha- hold sales in Melbourne last year, so it's it's exciting for them, and look, I'm happy to be a part of it with them, and, and present four nice horses that, you know, they'll do everything they can to sell them and, and, and attract the, the people there to buy them, so it's, look, it's an exciting time for everyone.
0: Why, why'd you choose Melbourne over Sydney?
1: Well, I chose Melbourne over Sydney because Smyrna, DeRusso, ah. first responder, obviously, races in Melbourne, and the Verkalong Eagle races in Melbourne, Tay races in Melbourne, and I, I sort of feel as though Melbourne's probably a bit stronger trotting state than Sydney at the moment.
0: Yeah, and trot for Bold Eagle as well. For the Bold Eagle to be in Melbourne was probably important too.
1: Yeah, Bold Eagle. Yeah, he's yeah he's he's you know with Yabby Dam Farm being closely associated with them and and uh, with with him, it's yeah it just made sense really. And and you know if you're bringing two or three of them, you may as well throw the fourth one on as well in a sense. And it yeah look, it just made sense and. You know, um, to link up with Monique Burnett, who does a remarkable job with them, was was a no brainer as well. So it it just all sort of fell into place. And ultimately, with the two sales, um, and I sort of was of the opinion that Melbourne may be the stronger, the the weaker of sort of the few sales that were out and about as well. I sort of thought, well, that might be an avenue as well where we can inject these nice, real good bred horses into this sale and they'll, they'll. they'll definitely get eyeballs on them, that's for sure, and and be given the opportunity to be sold.
0: Well, you could have a couple of sale toppers, Neil, so best of luck on the day.
1: Yeah, look, um, really, I just hope everyone sort of gets what they really want and and deserve because there's a lot of work, as I just explained to you a moment ago, how much time just goes into the process, you know, forgetting about the money side of things. Um, So I just hope everyone can sort of get there on the day, enjoy the day, have a successful day. Obviously, not every single person is going to get what they truly think their horse is worth, but I I, I hope people can get out there and and, and support the industry. And APG is doing a few um, things to help get people out there. There's there's 10 um, $4,000 credit vouchers being given out on the day, so if you're there and you get a bid card number, you you go into the drawer and the opportunity to get them. So that's that's something that that people can, you know, a nice little $4,000 off what you're going to spend for a horse's can add up at the end of the day, so that can help people out as well.
0: Yeah, too right. Neil, thanks so much for joining us on Trot's Life and uh, look forward to seeing how you go, mate.
1: Beautiful, thank you.
0: Let's take a break. We'll come back the other side with a short reset Then Juanita Breen and Margaret Donahue still to come in, in this hour.